Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Good morning. You guys doing well? Have you had your coffee? Raise your hand if you've had more than three cups of coffee this morning. Wow. Anyone have more than four? Wow, I like this guy right up here. He's the real deal. I just see the spirit of wisdom all over you. <laughs> well, it's so good to be here. Um, you know, J- Josh was talking about prophecy, and um, you know, one of the ways that God speaks is through prophetic dreams. And last night I flew in at about 5.45. Uh, it took me a long time to get to sleep in my hotel, but once I got to sleep, I went into a deep sleep, and I began to dream. And I woke up from a dream that I really believe was a prophetic dream. And it doesn't happen to me a lot, but you know it when it does. And uh, in this dream, I, it's like I was in heaven and I was in this room. Full, it was a very bright white room with white walls everywhere. And on one of the walls, it was just full of clocks. And it was just random the way that, you know, prophetic dreams can be. And there was just dream or clocks all over the, the wall. And I noticed that all of the hands on the clocks were moving at a different speed. And just kind of like dreams are, it's almost like God answered my thought. And as soon as I wondered, why are all the clocks moving at a different speed? And just then it was like an angel came up beside me and, and, and answered me. And he said this, he said, the, the arms on the clock are actually moving at the speed that the saints are sinning. And I know that's really crazy, and you know we don't talk a lot about sin, but I saw some of your clocks there, and I saw um, Steve-O's clock, I saw Josh's clock. Um, and actually, I didn't see Josh's clock, but I'll tell you what I did see. I saw, I saw Lindsay's. I'm not going to tell you how fast it was moving. I saw, I saw Pastor Braden and Leanne's. I saw, I saw Dean's. And then I noticed that there was a, a space on the wall where there should have been a clock, but I intuitively knew that there should be a clock there, but there wasn't one. And, and I said to the angel, I said, I said, whose clock's supposed to be there? And he just seemed very hesitant to answer me and just kind of looked at the ground. And I said, and I probed, I said, whose clock is supposed to be there? And he said, that's Josh's clock supposed to be there. I said, well, why is it on the wall? And he said, the other angels are using it as a fan in the back room. <laughs> I love Pastor Josh. <laughs> It's a joke. Sometimes I feel bad when I tell that joke because people are like, he had a prophetic dream. I can't wait. And they're like, oh, it's a joke. But anyway, I just so love. Can we thank God for Pastor Josh, Lindsay, Pastor Braden, Leanne? You just have amazing pastors and leaders here. And uh, for those that don't know me, who haven't heard me one of the other times, I've been here like four times now. So whether you like it or not, I'm family. You know, I'm like your crazy uncle or cousin or something like that. And uh, it's just an honor to be with you guys. For those that don't know me, uh, I am an associate pastor at Kingdom Life Church in San Antonio. Uh, my wife and I are associate pastors there on staff, and uh, we get to travel as well. I travel about uh, every six weeks, eight or nine times a year to various churches and really get, a, get to get a sense and a feel for what God's doing in different cities and regions. And God's up to something in Texas, man. It's absolutely amazing and really all over the world. And uh, I have identical twin girls. Uh, I wish I had a picture. I, I forgot to send one, but uh, named Autumn Hope and Charlie Joy. They're 21 months old, and they're absolutely adorable. And um, 
some of you heard my testimony, my wife and I's testimony. It's actually a miracle that we got pregnant with them, and we're just so grateful. And pray for them because they're not feeling good right now. But it's just good to be with you guys, and uh, I feel like I have a word on my heart um, for y'all this morning. Uh, one of the things that I love about life in the kingdom is that every single one of us as sons and daughters of God get to hear God's voice. Aren't you glad that we have a God who didn't just write the Bible and then say, if you want to hear from me, read this book, but from now on, I just want you to know I won't be speaking to you outside of this book. You know, I am convinced that this is the absolute uh, authoritative final word of God, but how many of you know that God wants to speak to us personally in various ways? And we have a really good father that loves to speak to his kids on a regular basis. And I shared in first service, I found myself recently just walking through my house in San Antonio, worshiping God to a really anointed worship song by a really anointed band called Coldplay. <laughs> and it's a song called Adventures of a Lifetime. And, and it, there's a line in the song that says this, I can feel my heart beating. I can feel my heart beneath my skin. I can feel my heart beating because you make me feel like I'm alive again. And of course, the writer of the song is probably talking about his wife or his girlfriend, but I really believe that God speaks in various ways. And he began to speak to me through that song. And the reality is this, when God speaks, when we hear his voice, we come alive on the inside. You know, in our church in Kingdom Life San Antonio, we, we teach our people, and Josh just touched on it earlier that every single one of us cannot just hear God's voice but prophesy and we're we're equipping and training our people to hear God's voice and prophesy there's a church that we're in relationship with in California who we're modeling our class after and right now they have testimonies of the um of of the people in their church have began partnering with the local police department to find missing people where prophetic teams are actually praying and asking God for clues as to where missing children are, and they've had such success that now the local police come to the prophetic teams and say, can you give us some information on where this missing person might be? And they've actually found missing people that way. Isn't that amazing? The gifts of the Spirit aren't just for church. They're to bring transformation and the kingdom of heaven to every sphere of influence including seeing missing people found. So we're developing prophetic teams. In San Antonio, we have a very prophetic church. I tell people, look, if you want to get a prophetic word at our church, just walk in the door some Sunday and just look depressed. <laughs> and somebody will prophesy over you. It's like, you know, I tell people, just fake it. Like, try it out. Like, somebody will give you a word. But I love how God speaks to us. And sometimes when he speaks to us, it's a word of encouragement, a word of comfort. Maybe it's specific direction that you need for your life. But sometimes God speaks specific words of promise or destiny as it pertains to our lives that really speak to us personally. I like to call them destiny words. And, and sometimes they're just even little promises about what God's going to do. And, you know, I just recently had uh, breakfast with a pastor friend of mine in San Antonio. And after breakfast, we went out into the parking lot and we're, we're chatting. And I saw a car that he was sitting beside. And I said, is that your car? He said, yeah. But he said, but it's kind of in rough shape. I kind of, I need a new one. I'm praying for a new one. I can't really afford one right now. And out of my mouth came this word. I said, I declare that somebody's going to give you a new car. And it's one of those things where it's like, kind of like, did I just say that, you know? I said, somebody's going to give you a new car, and I just bless you with that in Jesus' name. And uh, 
So I thought it might take a while for that to come to pass. But it turns out just a few days later, and I was actually here last time I preached here. It was a Sunday morning. I was getting ready to preach, and I got a text from my friend. And, and he said, Dude, this is what he said in his text. He said, bro, are you from the future? <laughs> he said, you gave that word that somebody was going to give me a car. And that night, I got a phone call from somebody I haven't talked to in three months who said, you've been on my mind. I've been thinking about you. And I wanna, we just got a new car. We want to give you our other car. And they just gifted him just this suburb, and they just gave it to him right there fulfilled in like two days. Isn't that awesome? And I love when words come together, come to pass really quick. But how many of you know that sometimes God gives promises, whether it's just a word from scripture that makes, that's become personal to you, a promise, maybe it's a prophetic word that you've received, or maybe just like an impression from God in your own quiet time that God's going to do something on your behalf. And sometimes we get those words and it can be sometimes months or years that we wait for that to come to pass. There's anyone here that's been waiting years for certain promises that you feel like God's given you? Um, awesome, one and two. That's amazing. We can go home right now. No, but, but there, there was more hands than that. But my, my point is this. It's one thing to receive promises from God. It's another thing to position ourselves to contend for, to steward, and to fight for the fulfillment of it in our lives. And I'm not saying that we can do things to manipulate God to to fulfill his promise, but I believe that there are ways that we can position our hearts to actually attract the fulfillment to be manifest in our lives. Does that make sense? And I want to read just an example of somebody that received a phenomenal promise from God. And if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 1, starting in verse 26. I'm going to read a portion of the Christmas story. Can we do Christmas a little bit? early. Is that all right? Has anybody already decorated for Christmas? Do you guys do the, the like only decorate after Thanksgiving rule? My wife already started decorating. I cannot hold her back and I'm not even going to try. Luke chapter one, verse 26, it says this. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth to a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not, since I do not know a man? She was a virgin. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. That's her cousin. And it happened when Elizabeth, who's pregnant with John the Baptist, heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out loud with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And then it says this in verse 45. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her by the Lord. Everybody say believe. believe. The Amplified puts verse 45 like this. And blessed, spiritually fortunate, and favored by God is she who believed and confidently trusted that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her by the angel of the Lord. I really believe that this is a family right here sitting with us today that is pregnant with promise. Some of you have received personal prophetic words. Some of you have received personal promises from God. But let me just say this. There's also been prophet, corporate prophetic words released over this house. And I've released some of them. That what God's doing in this city or in this church isn't just for this church, but it's actually for your whole city and for your whole region. I really believe that as it goes in here, so it goes in the entire region. And I believe we'll even touch nations of the world. I believe that. But there are things that we can do as sons and daughters to position ourselves to contend for the fulfillment of those. Again, not manipulate God, not twist his arm, but position ourselves in such a way that we come into alignment with the promise. And I believe at times can actually quicken the fulfillment of what he's declared. And one of the things that we need to do to... to Contend for the promises of God is this. It's really, really simple, but really, really powerful. We need to attach faith and expectation to everything that God has promised us. And Elizabeth told Mary, blessed and spiritually fortunate are you because you've actually believed what God said. And see, there's something about raw, childlike faith in everything that God has said that I believe can quicken and cause to manifest the promises of God in our lives. How many of you want to see more of God's promises fulfilled? Well, God is calling us to a lifestyle of expectation. I shared earlier that when I was on my way uh, here yesterday, I actually stopped um, uh, to in, in front of the security, the TSA lady, and had a word of knowledge that God was, that she had an injured wrist. She confirmed that she did, prayed for her. God, God ministered to her, got to pray for her son, and she chased me down asking me what church I go to. And I had divine appointments, you know, just my whole way here. I had another one in the San Antonio airport where I, was, I, I saw a young man. I said, hey, God just highlighted you to me. Is there anything I can pray for you for? I feel like there's something going on with your parents. He goes, that's crazy. I'm going to open up about real, a real struggle that his parents are having now. It's been hard on him and his brothers. Got to minister to him, and he just bows his head and prays with me right there in the airport. Then I get to... Uh, uh, Dallas, where I'm connecting, and I had a word of knowledge for this athlete. I said, um, you have knee pain from a sports injury, and there's a girl from Australia who's absolutely blown away that I would know that. She's, she comes from an unchurched part of Australia where she's like, how? She's like, I just, I've never had anyone ask me. This is just crazy. She was overwhelmed. Got to pray for her, got to minister to her. But let me just say this. I believe one of the reasons I, I run into those things is because everywhere I go, I expect the kingdom to manifest. I know that I serve such a good father and such a good God that everywhere I go, he's going to show up, not just in an omnipresent kind of way, but in a manifest way that causes the powers of the devil to bow their knee to the name of Jesus. But it comes from expectation. 
The evangelist Sean Smith put it this way. I just read recently. He said, expectation is the mother of manifestation. When we expect God's promises and his presence to be released, we actually attract it to manifest in our lives. And not only are we supposed to believe God's promises, I believe we're supposed to declare God's promises. It's not enough just to believe God. We need to declare and say out loud the things that God said he's going to do. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. It says both death and life are in what? Are in the power of the tongue. In Genesis, it says that you and I were made in God's image, right? There's a lot of implications around that, but one of them is this. In the same way that God is spirit and he spoke and created the world, you and I are filled with the spirit. We are spirit. And when we speak and we declare, our words actually have creative power. Chris Vallotton, one of the pastors in Redding, California, puts it this way. He says, our words create worlds. We don't literally create planets. But how many of you know that when you, when you declare what God has promised out loud, it says in Psalm 103 that angels move at his word. I'd like to propose to you that when you receive promises from God or even just hear promises about your church or your city, it's not enough just to believe it. You need to actually declare it. What if we just drove through Midland declaring out loud by faith, Midland's being transformed? What if we woke up in the morning saying, my family's being blessed by God. My sons and daughters are having encounters with God today. (laughs) You know what happens? Angels start to go, did you hear that? It's like one angel says to the other, did you hear that declaration Josh just made about his kids? Let's go fulfill it. Let's go give them an encounter. If you've received a promise that you're going to be out of debt someday and God's going to bless you above and beyond your wildest dreams financially, you need to declare, like, I'm so blessed financially that I need to seek wisdom in how to manage my finances. I need to pray about where to give all this money away. There's power in our words. There's power in declaration. You know, Joyce Meyer received a promise from God that she was going to be an author and write a whole bunch of books. And before she ever wrote a book, she would pace in her house saying, I'm a best-selling author. I write books. It sounds crazy, but that actually attracts the manifestation. Did you know that? There's power in our voice. And the Lord began to deal with me a couple months ago about the whole idea of complaining. And he said, Chuck, when you complain, about things or you grumble and you're negative about your circumstances you're actually agreeing with the wrong spirit our words are so powerful as sons and daughters of God that what we agree with we empower whether it's positive or negative both the devil and God are looking for agreement and it's up to us who we're going to partner with So I went on a complaint fast and it did me really, really good. I believe when we cut off a lifestyle of grumbling and complaining, we choose the opposite, which is thanksgiving. We start to thank God for breakthrough before we see it manifest. God, thanks that my city's being transformed. Thanks that my kids are falling madly in love with Jesus. Thank you that I'm walking in divine health. Thank you that everywhere I go, people encounter you. When I lay hands on the sick, 
people recover. There's tremendous power in our voice. See, I believe there's angels assigned to our lives. And sometimes they're bored. And they're looking for something to do. And we need to start making declarations. We need to get intentional with what we declare. Because angels move at his word. I'm telling you, what God's getting ready to do in this church, what he's getting ready to do in this city, is Ephesians 3, verse 20. He's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. I don't know about you, but I can dream pretty big. And God's like, nice try. But I'm actually going to do way more than that. But we get to play a part in attracting the fulfillment of God's promises, both in our lives personally in our church corporately, in our city, our region, our nations. But God's looking for sons and daughters who will come into agreement by believing, by declaring. And the other key that I'm going to close with is this. We can actually partner with God and contend for promises by taking steps of faith into the things that he's promised. What do I mean by that? If you feel like God tells you that you're going to preach in front of thousands of people and fill stadiums, you better memorize a few Bible verses. Somebody prophesies that you're going to have a healing ministry. You can't sit at home and play Xbox and just hope that, you know, you're supernaturally picked up and put in one of Billy Graham's crusades or one of Benny Hinn's crusades and all of a sudden you're a healing evangelist. No, you might have to step out and start praying for some sick people. When I got saved, I got radically saved at 16 years old and I began to have encounters with the presence of God where I was so intoxicated by his presence and I would just, like, like Josh was talking about, there was an outpouring, a visitation at my home church where we were meeting every night of the week um, except Monday nights until sometimes 1 a.m. as the power and glory of God broke in with such weighty presence that we couldn't stand up. We'd be lying on the ground and waves of God's presence would begin to wash, wash over us. And it was in that moment and in those times where I got marked by God and I got pregnant with promise. And I began to have this revelation from the Father that I was anointed to preach, that I would, that I would preach to thousands of people, that I would heal the sick, that I would move in signs and wonders. By the way, if you want to move in all of that stuff, it's available. Just ask for it. But you know what I did? I didn't wait for an invitation. I began to preach in my bedroom. 16, 17 years old, I would take my dresser, move it into the middle of my bedroom, prepare a message by revelation from God, put my notes on my dresser and begin to preach loud. And my mom would like come into the bedroom and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm preaching. She's like, will you quiet down? I'm watching murder, she wrote, you know? <laughs> quiet down a little bit. I'm watching MacGyver. But I was so pregnant with promise. I wasn't going to wait for, for, you know, a sugar daddy to pay my way into ministry. I wasn't going to wait for an invitation. I was just going to start doing it in my bedroom. I would, I would go down, I grew up outside of the city in a kind of a rural area. I would go down by the river in this open field and I would stand in this open field and invite the presence of God and I would imagine myself in front of thousands of people preaching the gospel with power, anointing, authority. And I would like scan the area and make sure there weren't people that would actually like be there and think that I'm crazy. And I would just, I would be in the field and I would just begin to preach my messages. 
feeling God's presence, feeling his pleasure, feeling his anointed, anointing. And I would preach and I would practice and I would steward the promises that he was giving me. It's not enough just to believe, not enough just to declare. Sometimes we actually need to take a step of faith into the promise. Ephesians 4.29 says this, don't let anything corrupt come out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification that's to build up, to edify, to strengthen, that it might impart grace to the hearer. Everybody say grace. grace. See, that word grace is the same word used in the book of Acts chapter four, where it says great grace was upon the apostles to do signs, wonders, and miracles. It's a supernatural enabling power to do something that you could never do in your own strength. And when we receive a promise from God, whether it's a prophetic word, a promise from his word, something God gives us personally as we're having a devotional time, what God is doing is he's releasing the grace that you need from his voice to fulfill the promise. But sometimes we need to take a step of faith into the grace. Does that make sense? We need to activate it by faith. A few years ago, I was in Norman, Oklahoma, traveling with my spiritual father and he preached in this gathering and then he had a team come up at the end to release per personal words of prophecy over people and I was on the team and there was a gentleman on the team and I remember to this day so clear a gentleman on our team said young man in the green sweater stand up he stood up and he began to prophesy over him and release promise and release destiny and he said I see you playing guitar leading worship and ushering crowds of people into the presence of God you're a worship leader and you're gonna do this. Well, what he didn't know is this young man didn't sing, he didn't play guitar, he didn't have a musical bone in his body, and it was really easy for him to just be like, that couldn't have been me. That must have been the person behind me, you know? But how many of you know that God doesn't always prophesy according to our current experience? He likes to call us who we are before we are. Yeah. Romans 14, 17, or Romans 4, 17, says Abraham, Abram believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that are not as though they are. You might receive a promise from God, from a person prophesying over you that seems so out of your league, but that, that means it's probably God. See, if your personal vision for your life seems attainable in your own strength, you're not dreaming big enough because he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. So he prophesies over this young man. He says, you're gonna lead worship. You're gonna do all these things. Well, the pastor of the church heard that word and he's like, I believe that was God. And he went out and bought the young man a guitar. And he said, you better start practicing that thing. So this young man starts practicing guitar. He starts practicing worship. We went back a year later, almost to the month. And we went to the church on a Sunday morning, probably four or 500 people. And guess who was leading worship that morning? This same young man, anointed, gifted, walking in the fulfillment of what God spoke over his life because he believed it, he declared it, and he took a step of faith into the word. And for, for you guys, how this applies personally, I mean, it's, it's gonna be different for all of us. For some of you, it's gonna be like, you know what? I feel like God said I'm gonna heal the sick, so I'm just gonna start praying for people. Some of you, it might be like, you, you have a promise and nobody can change your mind that you're supposed to be a worship leader. Start practicing a stinking instrument. Ask somebody to confirm the word, one of the leaders here, one of the, one of the worship leaders here. And, and if, if it's God, it's gonna be confirmed by the people that you're in community with. Because let's be honest, there's a lot, a lot of people that aren't called to it, but they think they are. 
But if you know that you are, and, it, and it's confirmed by the people around you, take steps of faith and do it, man. If you feel like you're called to preach, just don't wait until Josh or Pastor Braden asks you to preach. Preach in your bedroom. Preach in an open field. Cultivate your gifting and your anointing in the secret place. And watch what God does with you. Let's all stand where we are. What I want to do is I want to practice making declarations by faith. But what I want to do is I want all of us to out loud make declarations over ourselves because these are declarations that really apply that all of us should want these things and over our city and over our nation. And I want you to know and attach expectation to the fact that when you declare, angels are actually moving to fulfill the word in your life. And I believe we'll hear testimonies of breakthrough. So I want you to declare by faith out loud, my most significant days are ahead of me. Come on, you can do better than that. My most significant days are ahead of me. God's promises are coming to pass in my life. I am believing God to do the impossible. My family's being blessed. I'm being blessed financially. When I lay hands on the sick, they recover. Everywhere I go, people encounter Jesus. I'm growing in revelation. I'm growing in strength. I'm growing in wisdom. I'm, growing, I'm going from glory to glory. I'm getting out of this rut. I'm getting out of debt. I'm, I'm, I'm being blessed in my emotions. I'm being blessed in my relationships. I'm growing in favor with God and man. Now I want you to say out loud, Midland, you are being transformed. You are in revival. <laughs> you are being awakened to your destiny. Businesses in Midland are prospering. Prodigals are coming home. Families are being restored. Churches are coming into unity. Revival is breaking out in Texas. America will be saved. Another great awakening is going to sweep the nation. And the greatest revival our nation has seen is about to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just thank the Lord. God bless you guys. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.